Hello and welcome to Boozy Book Reports, a simple podcast where we revisit childhood classics whilst drinking copious amounts of alcohol. We're your hosts, Beth and Sam. And tonight we're reporting on the girl who owned a city. She owned She owned a whole it. city. She made it and she owns it. Absolutely. Uh, literally. Yeah. This is this was one this was like the first book I put on our list of things we have to read because this book changed my world when I was in sixth grade. I mean, I don't mean change my world necessarily, but it definitely had a huge impact on me. I'm really excited to hear what you think about it now as an adult. Yeah. I mean, I still kind of <laughs> loved it. <laughs> oh my gosh. But before we get into the book, we are going to get into the drinks. Sam has made some delectable concoctions tonight. Yeah. So we we stayed on theme with the book. So not to give away too many spoilers, if you haven't read it, uh, maybe you should if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> but uh, one of the big plot points is that they don't really have a lot of fresh food. So we mm-hmm. went with canned cocktails and not the cocktails that come in cans, <laughs> but uh, cocktails that are made with canned ingredients. Which is genius, by the way. Thank you. Yes. I thought a lot about yes. this. I was like, what am I going to do? It's a bunch of yes. like 12-year-olds that can't drink. What are they going to have? That doesn't stop them, though, in the No, book. which we started off the night. This is true. Straight from the book. Yeah. Whiskey shots for health. Yes. <laughs> so we're feeling very healthy right now. I'm warm and cozy. Yeah. We had a, we, you had a pineapple chaser on that. Pineapple yeah. juice chaser. I yes. had a pickleback. Which I learned about. I've never yeah. heard of that. So a pickleback for those that are um, ignorant to the drinking world is drinking brine from a pickled vegetable well, as your chaser. usually a pickled cucumber, but I did onion and it was not pleasant. Okay. It was not a <laughs> good win. <laughs> it was a good try, though. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. good effort. Okay. We have <laughs> oh, two drinks tonight. We have two drinks tonight. So we went with a savory drink and a sweet drink. So we'll start with the... Let's start with a sweet drink. So the sweet drink is a jungle bird, which is a classic tiki cocktail. Uh, It's made with rum, Campari, which is, I think, my least favorite alcohol, which kills most hipster bartenders. Mm. I know, I know. Amaro is not my jam. My (laughs) brother-in-law can attest. He's upset. He loves Negronis. And Camparis are a, a, it's a sort of a pivotal ingredient. part of the Negroni? The Campari is in a Negroni. Whatever drink. That's the... Blag, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. different. It's different. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. But it will. Yeah, it's different. This is sweet. So it's got pineapple juice in it, and we used canned pineapple juice because if you're rummaging through your closet, you might have some in your pantry. <laughs> and it's garnished so adorably with some canned pineapple and a marchino cherry. The red kind, not the kind not that the I normally kind. use. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the 99 cent version straight from the grocery it store. It is um, Food Club brand mm. if you're interested. I poked myself in the eye with, with, oh, sorry. I did not mean to make that sound. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. okay. Do you like that? Mm. How do you feel that? It's good, but it's strong. I You say that about many <laughs> things. And so I, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say your strength meter might be uncalibrated. I think so. I've never like made it. you like a vodka martini or like a, I love a dirty vodka martini. And I know that makes me trash, but I do love it. Oh, that. that's strong, strong. But I taste the bitterness that you were talking about from yep. that grapefruit. That's the Campari. But after it leaves me, I'm kind of like, I kind of like it because I like grapefruit. So then you will, yes, you might yeah. like this. Yeah. I yeah. Feel, yeah. I think it's good. I kind of want to drink it like with some like Hawaiian food. It's a tiki drink. Yeah. Like a little or, loco moco. Or I don't even know what Hawaiian food is, but like something like poke, sweet, like you had today. Like a poke bowl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like this with a poke bowl would be like 
next level. Nice. Can't do that at work though. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Okay. So the next drink is we went with, uh, you know, if you're in the back of your, you know, an old person's farm pantry, you might find some V8. This is not V8. (laughs) I actually use some decent Bloody Mary mix, but we just made a Bloody Mary. But the fun thing about this, I just use a canned Bloody Mary mix because I'm, again, trash and it's the apocalypse. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but we used Crater Lakes green chili vodka as the base or as the alcohol. Oh my gosh, I'm terrified. Oh, it's not spicy. Okay. But then we have a brim and we made a stupid garnishes with lots of pickles. And I I love this. I like it. Really? Yeah. I don't like the salt on um, the just rim. Li- lick around it. And then, then you have okay. Claire's own. <laughs> lick around again. You're in the clear zone, baby. <laughs> like, what? You, have, you have licked sufficiently. <laughs> no, I like it though. Yeah. You, oh, I'm sorry you don't like the rim. I love the rim, like the rim yeah. salt. I think I've had rim salt one other time though, and I didn't. It was, it's a, honestly, it's a little bit of a texture thing. Like mm. I don't like the, the grittiness before my drink, but I like it. It's good. That surprises me. I thought for sure you weren't gonna like this one, so I actually just made myself. A f- I don't really like a jungle bird, <laughs> so I made Beth the full jungle bird. <laughs> And then I made her a baby, baby, <laughs> bloody so Mary. It's in a little baby glass. It, well, it's in an old Yo Play glass. Yes. <laughs> Which, again, if you're it's in the, the pandemic, kind. It's too. the cl- Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the, the French it's the one. The one. Yes. The pots. Yes. The pot yogurt. Yeah. But these are good. Okay. Uh-huh. But I'm already like, I need to go E E Z tonight. E-E-Z. Like, oh. I feel it. Well, feel free to enjoy the snacks as part of your oh my Bloody gosh. Mary. We do have lots of snacks. We actually made like a a, a pantry charcuterie board. Mm. <laughs> Sam brought like amazing cougar gold cheese, which if you never had it, it's freaking amazing. But also matches with our theme because if you don't know, <laughs> cougar gold comes in a can. Yeah. And you, you think canned cheese is easy cheese, but this is like an English cheddar in a can. Yeah. And you do have to open a can and shake a bucket of cheese out, but like... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so we're going to jump into the book now. But yeah. before we get started, we're going to read the back of the book. Okay, so if you've never read this before, this gives you a little insight into what we're getting into. All right. A killing virus has swept the earth, sparing only children through the age of 12. There is chaos everywhere, even in formerly prosperous mid-America. Gangs and fierce armies of children begin to form almost immediately. It would be the same for the children on Grand Avenue, but for Lisa, a 10-year-old girl who becomes their leader. Because of Lisa, they have food and even toys in abundance. And now they can protect themselves from the fierce gangs that roam the neighborhood. But for how long? Then Lisa conceives of the, the idea of a fortress, a city in which the children could live safely and happily always. And she intends to lead them there. I mean, good stuff, right? Like You have the 90s version. I, I do. have the 70s version. I'm sorry, I got yours on eBay. And so that's, you get what you get. And you don't throw a fit when you buy used. Well, <laughs> I actually am very cool. excited. This looks like every library book I ever checked out in elementary yeah. school. So I'm very excited about it. Yes, which this book was came out in the late 70s. And which interesting, um, so it came out in 1975. It was written by O.T. Nelson, which I never knew about the author. Like I just didn't pay attention when I was a kid. I always thought it was a female author. Mm. It was a man and um, he owned. So again, he has like no information on him on the internets. It's very limited. And this is kind of like the only it's this is like one of it's the only book he wrote. And the two, the, the lead He owned like a business, that's it. He owned a painting company. And so he was trying to keep it afloat or something. And so then he wrote a book and I was like, okay. And so it said there was more to come at some point, but 
nothing ever come of it. I literally cyber stalked for like a good two hours to try and find more information. I couldn't really find anything. And I was like, that's cool. Fun fact, the two main characters, the two lead characters, Todd and Lisa Nelson are actually named for his children, Todd and Lisa. And the stories take place in the Chicago suburbs. This is where he's kind of from. And yeah, there's not just like much known about this author. So there you go. That's all the tidbits I could find about this wondrous book. It hasn't been banned. Hasn't really, I mean, done yeah. anything exciting other than, but it did become a graphic novel. Actually, a few years they decided they, somebody made it into a graphic novel and I totally intended to read it. I looked at a few of the pages of it and it was, it was pretty true to form, um, but I'm not a huge graphic novel person. So I didn't purchase mm. it because your girl's cheap. Anyhow, but we're going to get into it. So first things first, the, I read this book. When I was in sixth grade in Miss Hansen's class, it was an assigned reading and we read it in class. And my teacher had, you know, like the teachers that would read to you in class and they just had like the best reading voices. She was that. She had a great mm. reading voice. And we did this whole unit on this book. Mm -hmm. And at the end, like at the end of the unit, we ended up like having to create our own like plan and strategy. And we had to make our own community like Lisa ends up doing. Mm -hmm. And I called mine Randland. Um, which genius. Like Ayn Rand? No. Because it, this is a pretty libertarian book. Uh, no, it's basically based on my last name. Oh, uh, <laughs> that makes more sense. I was like, Ayn Rand. But it stuck with me because when I started my <laughs> Animal Crossing, I named my island Randland <laughs> because I love this so much. And I remember like I had to make a, like a banner because yeah. at some point a, a flag comes into play. And so I made my own Randland flag. Yeah. And it's like I kept, it was on a poster board and I kept that thing for years longer than I needed to because I just loved this book so much. Did you have to do like a, like a system of government and everything or we had to do that? No, we just had to make a plan of like, where would we find resources? And I was like, I know where the cash and carry is. None of these other idiots know. And so I had like a list of like, you were like restaurant surpluses and stuff. And you know, again, this book really stuck with me. I feel like it's going to come up over and over again, but it really resonated me because I was this kind of girl. Like I was kind of the, the girl that like, even in elementary school, like I would see a problem and I would like get it fixed or mm -hmm. I would go after something and I, I would create things and you I are got a, a lot fixer. of flack for that. No, um, you are. You are like a very responsive person. Like if there's a problem, you literally solve the problems at work. I try to like I try to yeah. just like seeing issues or potential issues and trying to solve them. And I just this resonates so much in this. But we haven't even gotten to the book yet. So we're going to get into the book so people know what the hell we're talking about. Trigger warning. So there are some instances of violence in this book with and specifically gun violence. So if that's something that bothers you or is problematic, this is not the story to be listening to. We are not going to go into like probably super details and it's not, I mean, it's bad, but it's not like horrifically gory or anything. So yeah. just a heads up. So our story starts off with Lisa, mm -hmm. this little, I didn't realize she was 10. I thought she was 12, but she's yeah, 10. Too. Yeah, 10 year old girl. And she's out like going house to house to find supplies because we find out that everybody over the age of innocence, over the age of 12 is dead. Yeah, this from a virus. From oh, a virus. Also maybe a little bit of a trigger warning. Oh yeah, trigger warning there. Cause yeah, and I, I did feel bad like, cause this is a little bit close to like, life right now a little bit like obviously not as dramatic but like pandemic wise I was like ooh, we're a little close still I mean we're still in it may mm -hmm. not feel like we're in it but we're still in it so it's like kind of a lot so anyway but she starts off so everybody's gone like all the adults are dead and they've left all of these kids 
And so Lisa's trying to just provide for her and her brother. And she's super resourceful. She's constantly thinking about where can I find more resources? You know, what can I do? And so she's living on her. She's still living in her family home with her little brother, Toddy. And he's like only like five or six, right? Yeah, he's quite young. He's like a real baby. He needs like stories to fall asleep. Yeah. Like, again, I can't even like... As an adult reading this, I can't imagine like a kid at that age, a kid at that age, you know, but then you see pictures of kids from like the the, the quote unquote good old days of like the industrial revolution that are like working in factories and they're like three years old. And you're like, well, kids really. They had to grow up quicker back in the day than they do now, right? Like, I think we've talked about this on this podcast, but my great grandmother was 14 when she had her first kid. Oh my gosh. We have not talked about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Farm people. Mm. Yeah. She was 14 seeing those images from a time when like children did work in factories, it just like, it reminded me of this is like, yeah, like kids can, kids can do a lot. Yeah. You know? So anyway, everybody's gone. All the adults are gone. And so Lisa and her brother live on this street and there's other kid families too. Like her best friend lives across the street, but they haven't really been talking much because everybody's trying to survive. Mm -hmm. There's one girl, she's just running around collecting all the kids that like have no families, which sucks to be a baby. Yeah. Sucks to be a baby or a toddler. Honestly, they don't talk about this, but like if you were below a certain age, you might've just died. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 This is left out of this. Yes. I mean, for good reason. This is a children's book. Yeah. Um, Oh, she's very, she is very resourceful. My question that I had was like, where did she learn all this? I know. Well, she was in Girl Scouts. Okay. This reminds me of Orange is the New Black, where the one girl's in Girl Scouts, and but her dad is like a prepper, and he makes her practice. Yeah, like I, I keep wondering, like, what were her parents like? Yeah. They must have been really intense because she is quite resourceful. Yeah, she's oldest sort of daughter. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I know it's another level. I was also an oldest daughter, and I don't think if there was a pandemic type thing like this that she was talking about, I don't, I don't know if I would have had this. I think you're pretty resourceful, though. I mean, you you grew up on a farm, or at least in farm esque, not yeah. on a farm, sorry, but farm esque. You knew how to farm take care of horses. Yeah, I couldn't whale and within reason, probably. Yeah, I mean, you would have been able and to. Cows. And you're smart, so I think to like, you know, necessity. Is That's the true. thing of invention. What mother, is that? Necessity is the mother of invention. Thank you. We need to go back through your schoolhouse rock because there's a whole <laughs> song about it. I don't, I don't know right now. So she's out getting supplies and she actually stumbles upon, upon this really great farm. Yes. And it's like this couple didn't have children and they knew they were dying. And so they wrote this beautiful letter. Like, we hope somebody finds this house. You know, we have cows and chickens and all these things. Okay. The cows didn't make the it. The cows did not make it. They were left in the barn yeah. for a little too long. And somebody passed out and couldn't let them out to roam. Yeah. So that was kind of horrific. Yeah. But like they had working tractors and the, and the, they had like a library of like how to grow stuff and do stuff. And so like Lisa found, she just kept falling, finding all these little treasure troves with her little bike, with a little wagon hooked up to it. And so um, her and her brother, like they've been hiding stuff in their house. Like she's really smart. Like she's like, mm-hmm. we're not going to have raiders and this, and then they're doing okay. But then things start to shift. Yes. Gangs are roaming the gangs, streets. Gangs are roaming. She is nervous about her ability to continue getting food. Mm-hmm. They're running out of food. Yes. And even though she has this, the, the secret place or the treasure trove, 
you know, she's like nervous about that. That yeah, won't last she, forever. Well, and she's she's definitely like a long term strategist. Like mm-hmm. I love that about her. Yeah. Um, where like her best friend, like they're like freaking out in their house, and like yeah. there's a point where she brings home a bunch of supplies, and she goes back to get more, and her little brother gets beat up and robbed of supplies. Yes. And everybody in the neighborhood just kind of sits by and watches. Right. Which, that's still very real. Well, like, and even one of the one of the brothers of like the friend even like might have participated yeah. in the beating. Yes, because he was he was thinking about joining a gang yes. for protection and for resources, which it's one way. I mean, we you know, we chalk gangs are not great. Obviously, we're not no. advocating for gangs, but like if you're desperate and mm-hmm. you don't have that is another form of resourcefulness is yeah. to say, okay, I don't know where to find these things, but I know people do know, so I'll just join this group of people. Yeah. It's not like, great. Obviously, that's not that that is not the way the author feels about gangs. No, he's but, very anti. And the gangs are but, very like it's weird to think about because they're these little suburb gangs that are just like a lot. And I, I feel like all the gangs were mainly boys too. Yeah, there's even a comment we can hit it when we get there at the end but there's even a comment at the end where one of the gangs looks down on lisa's gang or lisa's army group of people mm-hmm. because they're led by a, a girl by yeah. a woman and so Which, yeah i think it, it does it is painted as sort of like the boys are idiots and yeah. they're out running around hitting people with sticks and stealing their food so lisa decides i can't remember what she so she she was considering like moving to the farm or how to do that or what how to best use those resources it just didn't she's just like she's just holding it close to the vest and she needs no she needs more supplies so she decides to learn how to drive a car yes because she can get to the farm quicker and cover more ground and so she just she just like hops in the car and like bumping and dragging (laughs) all down the lane yeah. And hits a couple things is like, whatever. It's the 70s. Those cars are literally made of steel. Yes. They will not stop. N- not at all. No. And so she loads up the car with supplies and brings it back. And sh- it is noticed. Yes. It is very much so noticed. Yes. And I can't remember what happens yet. Oh, the gang, the gang comes when she, she says, she tells Todd, I'm going to go back and get <laughs> oh, another right. load. And then the gang comes and seals the supplies and beats up Todd. Okay, that's where we're at. And then she comes back and he's all freaked out. And then she's like yelling at everybody to like, what, you know, how could you just sit by and let my brother be attacked? Yeah. She Which goes is and threatens her friend, Jill, uh, not Jill, her other friend. friend. I can't remember the little girl's name. The but. other friend that has the brother. Yes. And they, she goes, uh, Craig, Craig's the brother, yes. right? And no, she, Craig's the Craig's the farmer kid. Yeah, but he's the brother of the oh, friend initially. Okay, you think I'd never read this book before? No, I think that this. I think that it didn't matter where Craig came from. This girl was a badass. Yes, and you liked that. Yes. Also, yeah. I just want to say that shot of whiskey might not have been the best choice to start off the night. It was like a half shot for you, just for the record. It was in a full shot glass, though. That shot glass is a very deep. That feel, that prank. was a lot of fluid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the head of this this gang is named Tom Logan, and he's such a jerk, total and turd burglar, horrible. And at some point, like somebody, Lisa comes back from something, and she thinks the tires have been popped on the car, like slashed, but really. The air has just been let out, yes. and so they use a bike pump to pipe them up. But I, is that, that even possible? Oh. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> you, I was going to ask you, have you ever done that? No. Oh, I totally did that. So my friend Lisa taught me that this was a possibility. Okay. Uh, not Lisa of the book, mm-hmm. um, but my friend Lisa from grad school. Hi, Lisa. Uh, taught me that this was totally a possibility. And so there was a point when I first moved here 
when I got a little hole in my tire and I wasn't really sure how to deal with it. And so for about a week, I drove back and forth to work and I would just pump it up in the morning with my little oh it's a my great gosh. tricep workout. I, how long <laughs> does it take? A long time, right? Like, no, it's not so bad. It's like probably three to five minutes. It's oh, not that bad. Pumping. Yeah. So you're, you get a workout. Yeah. But yeah, you can yeah. totally pump a car tire with a bike, bike pump. Oh my gosh. That's really impressive. Oh, I was, so maybe I would have, I would have been okay. Yeah. You would have been <laughs> fine. So, so again, Lisa's like, listen, this is, we need to figure something out. Like we have gangs coming at us. We have limited resources. Our pets heads are falling off. This is terrible. A pet's head? Sorry, it's a dumb and dumber. Oh <laughs> gosh. <Sorry>. I'm like, <laughs> everything <what>? is awful. <laughs> um, and so she she hosts a meeting where she makes popcorn and Kool-Aid because she has resources to bribe the kids. Yes. And they all come together and they decide they're gonna form their own militia, like their own street militia, um, to protect themselves against this gang that keeps coming after them. And so it takes some coaxing, but they get everybody involved and all, each family decides they're going to have their own alarm. Like, so like if somebody's ringing this bell, you know, to go to this house and they're mm-hmm. going to have patrols. They start making Movtov cocktails, which I was super impressed what? by that. Like, how did you know how to do that? They're, and she's like bribing the kids of like, oh, if you go and get me like your, de- you see this gas can, find more gas cans um, and I'll bring, give you a toy or candy. She is really good at motivating people to a point. And yeah. I, I think when we talked at the end of the book, I think yeah. there's, yes, which she's good at. She, good at. she convinces them, you know, that, that this, and I, and I think she sees it a little bit. There's a lot of comments that she makes about it's so interesting. It's so fun. I really think she sees a lot of this as like a challenge and a game oh, yeah. to like figure out. Absolutely. Well, and I love too that she figured out where to get more resources. So she knew the farm wasn't going to be enough, but she figures out like, where does the food come from? Mm-hmm. And so she finds like a grocery store warehouse that nobody has discovered yet that is just full to the brim with everything. Medicine, food, canned goods, toys, seeds, toys, yeah. Everything. So, and it's just pristine. And like, again, nobody's found it. So she's using her car to get that. And now she's using that as leverage to get people to help her. Yeah. So the kids all make booby traps in their houses. They're like, I mean, it's pretty like Home Alone elaborate. Like it's impressive. They walks between the houses up above so they can like get between them quickly. Yes. And so then they have their first encounter and it goes terribly wrong because the kids are not actually a militia. (laughs) In a move that surprises no one, a bunch of five to 10 year olds could not (laughs) defend their house from the 12 year olds. I feel like anybody who like had older kids in their neighborhood knew this shit was coming. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. You cannot defend against them. It does not matter how many two by fours you have. No. Shit's going down and you're going to (laughs) lose. I think they made like no trespassing signs too, which is very like cute, but it's like, yep, those are going to work. And so basically like they, they get raided while Lisa is getting doing a um a food run and they burn down her house. Which to be fair, props to the bullies for knowing who the power is. Oh the, yeah. like the gangs know who the powerhouse is, right? They, yes. Because I, at some point I think she threatens uh Tom. Yes. Tom Logan. She, she threatens him and then this is retaliation for her threatening him. Yes, because who is she? She's first she's a girl. Yeah. Secondly, she's way younger than him, I think. Mm-hmm. By way younger, I think it's like a year. Two years. Oh, two years. Because he just he He's just like, missed the like dying by virus. Yeah. But like that's a there's a big difference between a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. There's a huge difference in hormones and mm-hmm. just 
a lot of, yeah, things. Ability to be in a militia. Yes. And so Lisa's like, listen, this is not going to work. Um, and then she rallies, rallies up because, and her militia's freaked out now. Mm-hmm. now remember, these are like little kids. Mm-hmm. Like she basically promised them, if you, hey, if you do all these things, you'll be safe. Yeah. And it turns out, didn't nope. mean shit. Nope. And she's like, this is not going to work. And again, her mind instantly goes to like thinking it through. How, what's the, what's my next step? What's my next step? Which I freaking love. I'm like, yeah. yes, what's our next thing? And so she's I like, like she's like, oh, I need like, she's like, I need, I need like a castle on a hill. I need a fortress. I need something. And so she's like, I need something that I can protect, like with a moat and a this. And she's thinking it through and she realizes there's this high school on the top of the hill. And she looks up there and she's like, that's it. And so she starts working with her confidant, which I believe is Craig. It is Craig. Yeah. Craig's her buddy. He's, she's who... He's who she shows the the grocery warehouse to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's he's, that's she that's teaches him how to drive, mm-hmm. and it's amazing because like she shows him the farm and he freaks out because he that's all he wants. He just mm-hmm. wants to be a farmer. He wants to grow a garden, have a simple life. Yeah, does not want to be bothered by like doesn't want to fight the gangs. No. Yeah, it's like no, thank you. I mean, hashtag relatable. Hashtag I'm old because I just said hashtag. I apologize. I am back in 2009 right now. Is that now. chuggy? It's very chuggy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm ashamed of myself. I normally want to do that, but I blame it on the uh, 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 alcohol. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I told you. Uh, no, no, no. But like after having gone through the last couple of years during the during the whole like lockdown, I find Craig a very relatable character. Yes. I found a lot of refuge in my garden because all I was like, whoa, I'm going to make a victory garden. And I swear I can live off of these, you know, the five lettuce plants I can grow in this bucket. (laughs) I mean, you kind of do, though, like. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. We we didn't live off of it. No, but you had. Local pumpkin really got me, but. (laughs) Our local food food co-op. Yeah. The CSA really did me. Yeah. Took care of me. But the there were some like really nice things that came out of our Mm -hmm. garden that we like worked really hard on. And there's something beautiful in that. Well, uh, to backtrack just a smidge, I really liked it when they were going on the um, the night runs because they were driving cars with no headlights in city like down the city street relatable uh (laughs) just yesterday as i was leaving work i found out my car had no headlights oh that's terrifying and so i kind of had to drive with my brights on and my brother said i was an asshole well (laughs) you do i mean that's better than not driving with lights i tried to turn them off when i was at a stoplight yeah but yes i when i was reading that thing i was like oh oopsie this no this, this is, is really oh, bad. Sorry. Oops, relatable. Yeah, yeah. Oops. yeah I've been here. <laughs> um so I also liked it too. They did one run where they were like driving down the street going like 60 miles an hour. They raced. Like just having fun. I was like I think that that's one of the things I liked about this book a lot is that they still had fun. They had moments of childhood fun. Others did. Lisa I don't think did. She had her fun was getting figuring out the puzzle. She yeah. did not play with Barbies with anybody. No, but she, I mean, everybody has different types of fun, Sam. Yeah, I'm, I'm she just had saying. fun finding things. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like organizing. Lisa, Lisa's fun was, um, Lisa's fun was the fun that you chalk up to a kid that you also say has an old soul, yes. but is really just creepy. Yeah. Okay, I just, stop. <laughs> First of all, I was told I had an old soul several times. I was not creepy. I was mature for my age. Uh-huh. Um, maybe parentified, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I found joy in figuring out puzzles like this. 
I mean, I know. Okay. Okay. It's fine. Anyway. So she's working <laughs> on her puzzle. And so she's telling them like, listen, we're yeah. like, she doesn't really tell everybody, but basically no, she keeps it really quiet, really quiet. Just a few trusted um, confidants. And I really like it because she really, it's kind of funny because when she first starts this journey of like building this fortress, like it's her idea. It's mm-hmm. her plan. It's her everything. She's the driving force, but she almost lets Craig take credit a little bit to motivate and get other people on board because I think he's more quote unquote likable um, because she is, I think, perceived as harsh yeah. and people don't always want to follow her, which, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how relatable that is. Did I ever tell you that I got kicked off my um, fifth grade newspaper? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me tell you. So in fourth grade, when I was younger, I saw a movie called The Toy, which starred Richard Pryor and this little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his name's Scotty Schwartz. It ended up being a porn star, whatever. Good for him. But it's about this little spoiled boy. He's like the little boy's dad is like some billionaire type tycoon. And he takes him to this store and he's like, you can have anything in the store where Richard Pryor happens to be working in the store. And he's like, I want this man. So it's a little white boy wanting a black man. And so the dad- That's problematic. First of all, I'm a black person watching this with no context and no family members like navigating this again horrible there's literally yeah. a kkk rally in the movie and people in black it's awful it's awful and he now owns okay so I, he, I don't know this movie but i assume it's a it, there's a good point because richard Pryor. Was- i mean it was from the 80s so he, he anyway so the dad has like a uh one of his his mini conglomerate type things is he has like a, a newspaper. And so they decide to start their own newspaper, exposing the dad for all his horrible ways. And it, this is a comedy. Anyway, I'm what? guessing it did not <laughs> hold the test of time because it didn't hold the time test in the eighties. So <laughs> I guess maybe, maybe the test of time is whether or not UPN will show or whatever. The yeah. CW, I, I guess now will show it on, on a weekend. I have not seen it on like broadcast for a long time. Trading spaces is always on okay like so anyway so they they create this newspaper and so they called it the toy and it was just like because the guy was the movie's called the toy because richard Pryor, the black man is the white boy's toy again that's horrible movie okay now i'm gonna i'm gonna google this and see what happened you're gonna be like bath (laughs) oh my gosh all of the racist things and you poor little child watching this when you're six but it did inspire me because i always wanted to start my own newspaper so in fourth grade i started a newspaper called the toy and i wrote (gasps) it up and i I did it on ditto paper. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like horrible. So then comes fifth grade and I'm like, I want to do a, the, it was called the C4 Herald because that was our classroom number. And my mom worked at the, at our local newspaper and she was able to like get some kind of grant or something to get a software that was like floppy disk in the Mac to make your own newspaper. Mm. So I'm doing all of this, right? I'm coordinating this. I'm like 10 years old. This was my, my baby. Your passion project. My passion project in, in fifth grade. And I actually still have the issues because I was so proud of them. You should bring and them I out. Had, I got, I will definitely get them out. So I had like articles and I, or I had like journalists and I had, they made articles mm-hmm. and I was the editor in chief. And like, I think we made like four or five things. And then one day they like, they, I got called in for a meeting with the other people that were on the paper and they, they were like, we think you're too bossy and we don't want to work for you anymore. And they tried to <laughs> kick me <laughs> off of the paper that I did. <laughs> I got the software. I got the, like, I got the funding. I got the okay from the teacher. You were like, I was the driving force. This is just like Craig and Lisa. I was like, I freaking hate all, I hadn't read this book yet. So I didn't have like a, a role model. Contact. 
and i could oh, not no. believe that like at the canyon view elementary library these kids are like <laughs> like doing a coup and i was just like are you like i could i was so hurt and I still remember the girl, I'm not going to say her name because, you know, haters want to hate, but like, I just remember feeling like it was one of the first times that my ambition and my drive and my sparkle was really considered a negative. And I mm. saw the in, I saw the impact of others being like jealous or frustrated that they couldn't make it work. And then guess what happened to that paper after I left? Folded. Folded. Huh. They didn't even do another episode or oh another God. issue. It's like they didn't have a driving force. Yeah. You were it. Oh my gosh. But you it was just like that paper. I did. And I was so proud of it. And it was just like, but again, that taught me a really big life lesson. And I, it, I was so hurt. Like it, it was one of my first big like heartbreaks as a kid. I, so I, I don't think this is funny because I don't think of you as a, like, there are plenty of people that are bossy people. I, I think I am also one of them. Um, <laughs> I think I have a... Uh, we talked about this making our cocktails. We have a certain way that things should be, and yeah. therefore we think that that is how it should be done. Um, but I don't think of you as overly pushy. I mean, I did, like, demand someone today. I was working with my people on my team, and I said, go make the box and do this. And it wasn't, and I had to stop, like, I didn't mean that as a demand, but I just in the point, like, where I can see everything that needs to be done. And sometimes it's easier to tell people that are just, like, don't necessarily know what, sh what should be done next. Mm. Like, here's the order of things. Mm -hmm. And that can be taken that way. But I also feel that if I was a dude, it wouldn't be taken as yeah. being pushy or being bossy or Boss being demanding. bossy. I feel like they would be like, oh, my gosh, that he, they really just take control. And they they can see the bigger picture. And He's just a like, real go-getter. Um, yeah, they can execute. Yeah. And it's like, it's not my yeah. it's not my problem. And it's like, I try to say it with a smile, but there's times. Uh, I took kids to Peru once. I took like 14 kids there to do like service work. I tried to like keep mm -hmm. it back and we were we were actually remaking an entire hospital there in peru it was amazing in ica peru inca ica peru i probably said it wrong i apologize to the peruvian people but whiskey anyway and like i remember like this the second day like i wasn't really the quote-unquote leader but i could see we're not going to hit all our goals because mm -hmm. there's not a focus and so i literally made a kill list and i was just like okay i don't want to be of pushy. the children on your trip yes um <laughs> of everything that needed to be done well i see the problem <laughs> yeah and i posted it up and i said like hey do you want me to do you want me to do what yes. i what i can do and they yeah. were like yes please because we want to get this done and we got everything on that list done and then next three days because yeah. again i can see i can see it and i can see who's good at what and what can do this and you know who who's the best for the job and i can delegate and i can say hey da 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 and it gets done and it was like it was really kind of refreshing because nobody was sitting there like stop like you're being annoying it was very like please tell us what you do we want to get this done yeah anyway no no i i i can totally no i get it i there's occasionally there's times where kevin will say do you do you want it done or do you want to be right? Because I'll I'll come home and I'll I'll be the same thing. Like so and so doesn't want to listen to me. They just need to do the damn thing and it'll be done and it'll you know it'll they'll be happy with it. And you know and he always is you know he he always is encouraging. Okay, if they're not going to listen to you, just find another way to yeah. get them. And actually, I think Lisa does this with oh, the whole yeah. Craig thing. Yes, about letting him speak, even though it's her ideas that are coming through his mouth. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's, that's a, a thing that I think a lot of, I don't know, it's probably a lot of women end up learning Yeah. where do you want it done or do you want to be right? And I, sometimes I just, I just want it done. Yep. I don't give a shit who says it. Yeah. 
I will happily tell somebody else who is more like charismatic than I am to tell people to do this damn thing. I'll just find the nearest tall white man. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds awful. That sounds horrible, but <laughs> I mean, and then see if, he, if he's synthetic, he's sympathetic to my cause. I'll get him to tell people to do it and then they'll do it. So, okay. So Lisa has made a plan now. You know, she has a strategy. Mm-hmm. She knows what she wants to do. She has she a has, core group. She has a core group. She's like recruited all of these different people for different, like basically different heads of different departments, for lack of a better word, procurement and safety and defense <laughs> and, and education medicine. and housing, medicine. Mm-hmm. Like she does a really great job. And she's like, they work really hard to like get the get get it ready for them to move into. And in the dead of night, they load up all the kids. They load up, they're like, they don't even tell them. They're just like, go pack a bag. They load them up. And in the under the stillness of night, they go up to this castle that they built on the hill that was an old high school. Mm-hmm. And so then they spend the next month, they just retrofit the school. They are blacking out windows. They're like, she's like militant. She's like, there's not to be any light at any time. Any sound? Any she's, sound. She's really, yeah. She's basically you know, is trying to set up the situation where the the kids of Glen, uh, it's not Glen, whatever, Glen Arm, Glen Ellen, their yeah. street have just disappeared. Yes. And there's nobody is following them. Yes. And she's like, and she lets them know, hey, when we're ready, we are going to announce to the world that we're here. And they spend all this time getting ready. They're freaking training guard dogs. And like, yeah. I mean, they are really going all in. They're, they're learning to like weld. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like the, the guard dog thing didn't check out. Check out for me that that wouldn't be just super loud. Yeah, it would have been. It wouldn't have worked. But yeah, but I get it. You know, um, so they so they take this time and they they get their city perfect. Mm-hmm. And they are having. I loved it because they were having these late night meetings. There's only one light source Little in this candle. blackened out room mm-hmm. in the top of the building that the the heads of each department are meeting with Lisa, and she stays up all night every night to just get it done. Which she had a sleep at some point. But she's young. I mean, well, they actually need more sleep when you're a kid. Yeah. She's she's going to hit puberty and she's going to need to sleep like 18 Gosh. hours a day like a cat. Yes. Well, good thing <laughs> she's not there yet. <laughs> so they spend all this time getting getting it ready. And then they mm-hmm. announce themselves to the world. They like are hitting pots and pans. They're on the roof. They put they up have, a flag. Yep. I think they, I, thought, I thought they had like fireworks or something. They, also they just have, shot like, guns in the air. Because they took over a cop station. And oh, they that's took the right. Guns. And they also have like oil drums ready to go for defense. I mean, these kids are like yeah. Kevin McAllister on the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now everybody knows. Yep. Everybody knows. And they become a target. I, it feels like that was a stupid move on her behalf. <sighs> it was. Maybe cocky. Yeah. But I think too, like, sometimes you just want to like, look at what I did. You know, and I think it's no. If you're literally hiding from gangs, you I know. look at what I did. It's not the move, <laughs> but she's also ten. She's she like she has these moments of brilliance. This is what I got frustrated with. Yes, she has these moments of brilliance, but she has also has these absolute moments of stupidity, which like. I think that even her moments of stupidity, the the author probably thought, "What a genius girl! Mm-hmm. She's dumb as hell." Shut up. Keep yeah, it quiet. There's moments. <laughs> like, don't announce your shit. No. You're literally begging all of these gangs, which which it's, you know, hinted in the text are continually growing. Yep. That look, I have all this shit on the hill and you can't have it. Yeah. That's that's now their problem that they're very excited to spill to like spend the time figuring out. True, true. They're dumb. They're really dumb. And one silver lining is that it did afford, it did let people know 
that it, there was a, another place. And so it did bring in other families. So for a while that they were yes. they debated, but they decided they were going to let other families in based on if they knew them, if they could trust them. They put them it through like some a, tests. A vetting process. Yes. Yeah. They're like, do you know so-and-so? And if they said yes, they'd be like, no, you don't. And then get turned away. Type Tom thing. Logan. That's yeah. who it is. Yeah. yeah. They had a little test. And so Jill's in charge. That's the, Jill was the girl that was taking in all the kids and she's in, she's now the head of medicine. And she's also like helping all these, like they make all these little family rooms, the and child families, child families of different, yep. sometimes it's with their siblings and other times it's not and putting them into different rooms. And like, you know, I think at first they were like, we can have 50 and like, but uh, one day we can be able to have like 500 kids in here, which I'm like, what high school is that? That's impressive. Okay. Uh, I mean, how many, I how many kids went, wait, what, what high school did you go to? I went to Kano. I mean, there was a ton of kids. There. How many kids went to your high school? I don't know. A few thousand, maybe a few thousand. Right? Really? Well, I mean, our graduating class was like 400 plus. Mm, it's probably like 1500. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We had like two, we had 2,500. So there were 1,500 when I left my high school. Yeah. And when my brother went through, there were 2,500. It was a brand new high school when I went. I'm sorry. There. Isn't a few thousand, like a couple thousand? I, it's like a thousand and a half. If you're, what, if your graduating class is 400. I, I don't know. Times four, 1,600. Plus an additional 200 people. For staff and support. They, they're okay. Okay. <laughs> I just think it ha- I mean, I get, I get that there could be that many kids, but it's just no. the thought of that many kids. Well, if you're put, I mean, you're not, they're not living in multi room things. If you put, you know, five kids to each room, yeah. think about how many classrooms there were in your high school. I could see that. I mean, I, I believe it. It's yeah. just amazing to think that they were like, oh, we're going to grow this into actual city. And Lisa makes a constitution and she's like, I am the owner of this city. I am, my, it's my way or the highway. Misstep. Absolute Mis- misstep. Why? Uh, this is where I, I was like, oh, she's shit. This oh, is no. Where this I, is where I'm like, genius. Really? Yeah. Okay. Democracy is overrated in the apocalypse. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just <laughs> think with these <laughs> two. <laughs> no, this is where I lost it with her. So I was, to this point, I was like, oh, because this kind of happens, like, not quite. This is like, like I mean, three quarters of the way through, she gets this, like, I own this city. Yeah. This is true. Maybe she owns this. Maybe it was her idea. But it is completely supported by her team. Yes. By the people under her team. Yes. And she makes no acknowledgement of this. People aren't going to last. It does not matter. Like, maybe if people are scared for a little bit, but she will eventually have a challenger. Oh, yeah. And instead of, like, having it as... They they paint it as all these kids are so thankful for her dictatorship. Yeah. And I think that, sure, fascism exists, obviously, and occasionally it's very popular with certain groups, groups of, of people. people. Yes. Um, but she's eventually going to have a challenger. She's already had the issue where she's not the most charismatic. She's a fool. She's a fool to she do this. She, oldest daughters, man. Sometimes we just go... We just go all in and we don't see the big picture sometimes, Sam, with it. Not everybody wants you to listen to us. You literally just told a story about how you ha- saw all the big pictures and people didn't listen to you. She is a moron because she doesn't, she, li- I, she literally sees that Craig is more charismatic than her. I and know. she says, I own everything. I made it, therefore I own it. And that's not even true. This, ooh, I got uh, oh, so fired up here. <laughs> wow. She doesn't actually, and she came up with many ideas, yeah. sure. But we work in an idea economy. Yeah. Like, we work in the sci- in the field of the sciences. I have lots of ideas, but lots of other people bring them to fruition. Yes. I have to give ample credit. Yeah, words do. She does not do a good I, job of that. I agree. I will say that she's 10 and she just doesn't know. <laughs> I do think, I 
do I do understand like like on the onset of this, how you have to have sometimes that type of leader to just like get it done and great. Yeah. But I do agree. Like eventually they, she needed to like maybe strong arm in the first getting it set up and then like, okay, now we have it together. Let's. And then introduce an employee appreciation month. Absolutely. (laughs) They all get gift cards to the, to the get extra scoop of beans at the the cafeteria. Star child bucks. Yeah. So, they're they're actually living pretty well for a year. Yeah. Like they're not they've had they've had different groups come like different gangs come up against them. Tong Logan has attacked them twice already and things are going okay-ish. Yeah, they're There's doing a okay job. Yeah. Um but they have expanded and they're they have much many more children there and they have things are going yeah. okay-ish. But then something changes. Everything's kind of going according to Lisa's plan and then things change. And um, basically she is, I don't even remember all of the details now, but she, she's kind of like her cockiness gets her for sure. It does. She's out on top of the, she goes up to like the rooftop and there's the ramparts. Yes. And there's, there's a, there's a patrol out there and then they notice that it's too quiet. The the dogs dogs aren't barking. The dogs aren't barking, which also means that the, the their quiet time was not as quiet as I thought, but yes. whatever. And so she decides to investigate by leaving the safety of this building that nobody's been able to enter and par- goes down, not paracels, what's the word? When you go down on a Repels. rope. Repels. Thank I you. did that in Mexico. Oh. I nearly peed myself. Oh. I was so scared. Anyway, keep going. Was it in a tall building? Probably uh, nature, no, it was right? Like it was cenote, like a swimming hole thing. Oh, they asked me to remove my hand so I could take a better picture, and and I removed the wrong hand because I was scared. And they said, no, 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 do the other one. And then I was just, I was yeah. so scared. That's, anyway, that's keep horrific. I'm not good with heights. So, so she goes down, and she quickly, she quickly recognizes that this is an ambush. She's in trouble. The dogs are dead, and she's just like trying to. I don't even think she brought like a gun with her. No, she just went down. There and then all of a sudden, bam, she gets shot in the arm, in the arm. But the kids don't realize that, and she is bleeding. And it was Tom Logan and his gang. And so, thankfully, she does get rescued by her brother and Jill, who's the medical person, and Craig, and Craig. And they get her to the farm, but Tom takes over the fortress. Yes, he's like, This is my city now, Biatch. First of all, don't call me a Biatch. Secondly, not your city. I don't think he called her a biatch. He did not, but you know, that, it was, was, the, that was the attitude. Oh, Kevin and I call that the implicit bitch. Oh. Where you say something with enough spice that at the end there's a bitch implied. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. It was very much that. Implicit bitch. It was really sad because Lisa's injured. They take her to the farm. Yes. Because Craig knows about the farm. And Craig's happy as a clam. He's like, I'm out of this city. I got yeah. my farm life back. <laughs> he's like reading all the books and like, I got farm all simulator I'm- yeah, he's like, Let's go. He's like, on the tractor just yeah. happy as a clam and he's like eliza you'll make pies and i'll sit down on the farm and we'll have a good old life <laughs> and jill's like we gotta get the bullet out and they find whiskey yeah. that's she why we- goes full like house yeah full house md yeah like goes in digs it out and she's like keep drinking whiskey lisa yeah yeah and they're like then they sew her up and like i mean again in fact i think they give her aspirin which i'm like no aspirin they, is not there is good. no aspirin 
Remember? Because that's why they have to keep giving her whiskey there. Okay. And she's, she thinks about it. She's like, who already took stuff from this place? Oh, like, oh it was me. <laughs> it was me. I, did I just this. remember her talking about them. They must have been looking for aspirin. I'm like, don't give her aspirin. She's going to bleed out. Like, that's <laughs> aspirin doesn't clot. <laughs> like, no, it's Jill, a blood no. <laughs> Stop. Joey, Jill, you didn't read close enough. <laughs> they get her stabilized and, and they decide to send Todd back to the fortress, to her city, to to be a spy as a spy and they decide that he needs to be in disguise because he's very recognizable and so he, <laughs> he goes full rupaul it's amazing <laughs> lisa's like who was the visitor <laughs> <laughs> he was like he he dressed as a, a nice uh, he dressed in like a cute little dress and like had a wig and everything dark hair yeah yeah he looked fun yeah and so yeah. He, would, he would sneak in during the day and this takes like a few days for them to figure out and yes. he's relaying messages and they're realizing that like first of all tom's an idiot just like we knew he would be he's not running the city well mm -hmm. he's trying to do it with brute force and even though that lisa kind of had her own way of brute force it was a different kind of brute force she was adamant about things but yeah it wasn't just like she he she didn't ever beat the children and, yeah. and tom beats the children yes and they say he's cruel to the children yeah and that's i think that's sometimes one thing about being a strong woman and i've been i feel like i've been accused of this is just like it's like sometimes I just want to look at people like you don't even know what brute is. Yeah. Like you're acting like I'm being mean or I'm acting. You're acting like I'm hurting. Like I've really it, like I'm yeah, hurting negatively you. impacted your life. Yeah. And I'm like and then if you, if you sometimes like do you want me to see you want to see me be mean? I can be mean. Actually, I can't. I'm not really that good at it. Although some people would. And I'm 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 mini mean. I think I've. I haven't seen you be. Mm. When was I mean? Was I mean to you, Sam? No, you never mean to me. I probably saw. I probably given a look before. Yeah, and there's a tone where you've been like. I probably have an annoyed. Annoyed. Tone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of yelled at somebody once, but I did it in a funny way. It was fine, but then I felt bad. I have. I have yelled. Yeah, I have yelled. I, I at one point actually hung up on a call at one point and said, "I will not be talked to this way," and oh. hung up. But and then like they were being whole, horrible. They were being horrible. Yeah. But then I ate a whole like one of those little ice creams because <laughs> I was really upset. I always think I'm going to be such a badass, you know, and then it's like I want to cry because I get so upset and I don't want to, even though like part of me wants to be that person that's able to like just go up and be like go off on somebody and blah, blah, blah. I don't feel good about it. No. And so. It shouldn't feel good. I mean, if you're ever in the situation where you have to like really yell at somebody or say like. Usually things have, have at that point, like progressed past a good point anyway. Yeah. But if you're ever at the point where you've had to like go off on somebody, it's it's not a good feeling. Uh, you know, there's like the Dalai Lama quote about anger is uh, taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Oh, yeah. And it, it's sort of true. You're just oh, like yeah. making yourself feel worse. But sometimes there there is, I mean... Jesus in the temple, <laughs> there's bit. righteous anger yes, and there's sure. things to be upset about and angry about and that are completely reasonable. And, you know, you still <laughs> kind of feel bad afterwards, but there is a point of, yeah, no, that was the right move. Yeah. I don't want to say it's manipulative, mm -hmm. but there's been times when like someone's come at me and it was like my friend or someone else that has like instantly like come to my defense. Like that's not true. And it's like, I don't want to say you ally yourself with people, but I think it's important to have people around you that are willing to go to bat for you. Yep. Um, because it's like, I, I'm not always the best at that. So thank you for my friends that are just like, oh, I will go off. 
Like I, I have, I have one friend, yeah. she's so feisty. And not that we ever want to be in a situation where it's like, I'm racially profiled where we're, we're at or whatever, but I have told her stories about things that have happened to me here. And she's like, Ooh, I wish I was there. Yeah. Because sometimes, and not everyone understands this, this is kind of side, side quest, but it's like, it's not always easy to advocate for yourself. No, that's true. Or to be the one to like, Hey, this is something that's racist and wrong all the time. So, or misogynistic and wrong or whatever. You advocated for me one at when I was oh, yeah. a postdoc. Yeah. I had a really unfortunate incident that happened to me at work or in a work affiliated event. And I was too scared to rock the boat. And you absolutely advocated for me yeah. in a way that I'm incredibly thankful now. I was ready to throw hands. That was such a weird thing. That was but, such a weird thing. But yeah. 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 Sometimes it's good. You know, my friend Lisa comes, same, same Lisa from earlier stories. She came with me one time when I went to the doctor because I had a pretty, like, I just kind of an, an uh, well, it was when I was finding out that I had migraines. I had silent oh, migraines yeah. and I had one that like messed with my speech and I didn't, I didn't know. And I didn't always know the questions to ask. She offered to come with me because she said, sometimes when you're in that situation, you need an advocate. Yeah. And it's true. It's true. There were, I was just so baffled by what was going on that mm -hmm. she asked so many good questions and just was there. I always hope that I can be that for somebody else, mm -hmm. you know, that like, and there's a couple of times I've gotten feisty on other people's behalf. There was actually one point we were in a club in Denver when I was in college and I was still in the impression that if you told a guy, no, he should just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he hopefully won't kill you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my friend didn't want to dance with this guy. And I was like, you heard what she said. I was, mm -hmm. I, we were not old enough to be drunk. I was just, cause we, I, I hadn't been drinking for real. Uh, and I was like, you heard what she said. She doesn't want to dance with you. And my friend <laughs> was like, okay, calm down, calm uh -huh. down. And I was like, no, this is bullshit. You don't have to dance with him. And uh -huh. she's like, I'm just going to dance with him a little bit. It'll be fine. And I was like, that's bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> but then now I'm like older and I'm like, oh, that could have gotten us in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was <laughs> you heard. <laughs> she had to calm me down. <laughs> well, I think in this story, Craig and Jill and Todd are advocating for Lisa because they're mm -hmm. all trying to like almost convince her like, Hey, we don't have to go back. We have this farm. We know how to find resources. We can set it up we, again. Yeah. We, we can, can do our thing. And she is so adamant to go back to that city and almost I mean, obsessive at this point. Yeah. And I think, I mean, part of it is the ego, I think, but I yeah. also think she does genuinely care about the citizens and the other kids. I do. I'm making a face. That's why Beth is changing her tone. <laughs> I yeah. Think well, maybe because I cared about the other kids and I'm living it through Lisa's eyes. I'm like, well, I care about those kids. So I want to go back. But I, I think she does care to a point, but I think her caring is flawed. Mm -hmm. Her caring is that she thinks she knows she thinks she's the smartest person in the room at all times. Yeah. And I, I think there's probably 80, 90 percent of the time in this book she is. Yeah. But I think that she thinks she always knows what's best for the other kids mm -hmm. and that she knows the solution and she knows. And this comes out in her argument. So she has an argument with Craig because Craig doesn't want to go back. He wants to be a farmer. And uh, oh, let me pull it up. Um, she has this argument with Craig and he he calls her out on her bullshit. Basically, he yeah. says, that's funny, Lisa. It was your city. It was your own city when you owned it. Now that we have to fight to get it back, it's suddenly our city. And this is, they had had this argument, right? Where she said, it's my city, it's my city. And he's calling her out on it and says, you know, now that you have lost it, it's our city. And he's totally right to call her out oh, for yeah. this. And then she says something to the effect 
of, I'm sorry, she said, will you help me plan the recapture of my city in Mm. which your safety will be protected? Craig, I didn't mean it the way I sound. It sounded, I need your help now. I truly do. I can't force you, uh, but will you help me? And I wrote, I wrote here, uh, she still kind of doesn't get it. Yeah. What he's saying, which is that I think she thinks that she always knows the best idea of what it's good for everybody else's safety. And I think she's right to some extent, like there are gangs and they are going to come for Craig's stupid little farm, but he also, they might not. And he might just be able to be quiet and hang tight. And maybe he might even make a relationship with the gangs where he sells them produce or something. But she always thinks she knows everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you feel like you relate to Lisa? I feel so relatable. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I think that's a huge character flaw in myself, though. But it is. It's that oh. It's that notion of, like, I know what's best yeah. in almost every situation. I literally, I, I, um, I can relate. I, to my sister the other day, she said something about that. I, we used to call her the mother uh and she she would kind of mother us and she always has you know sort of had mother-like traits and then she said well you you i feel like you always mothered us more like you and i said no 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 i think you're confused with with uh maternal instinct and an insufferable know-it-all and like i always think i know what you should be doing and i I, so i can totally relate my sister who listens to this podcast will totally call it out you know, that I always think I know what's best for other people. Yes. It's also easier to know what's best in other people's situations than your own. So oh, I know what's best in my own situation. I just refuse to act. It's really, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I literally will sit Shut his, up. Yeah. I'm in this podcast and I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know what I should be doing. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Then I, I think that she's, so I see where that's very relatable, but at the same time, I, I think that it's a bad skill in a leader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we were able to see this in the next, um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like, you see the foreshadowing of people are going to leave and people are going to do stuff. Yes. But I do think as she gets older and as she has more experience leading bigger and bigger groups, that some of that will shift and change, hopefully. Hopefully. I, but she hasn't, I mean, she's been, she's been faced with this a couple times and she hasn't no. changed her stance. She it's still referred to as the girl who owned the city. She still sees that she okay, owns the city. I'm just city. hoping because it worked out for me, Sam. Okay, I grew. <laughs> Maybe I it's because I read this book, but I grew. <laughs> I learned that sometimes it's like you have to ask for help and you have to let people teach you and you have yes. to like just bite your tongue sometimes and go with someone else's plan, even though you know it's not going to work. And then once it fails, you can come in with your own plan. Okay, yeah. I've learned. <laughs> so uh, we should actually hit the end of the book because yes. I did write at the end, will Lisa be a good leader in the future? We yeah. Well, well, okay. So how she reclaims the city is first she like they so so first of all, they go and try to recruit more people. Yeah. Which is interesting because you get to see outside of their small community what's happened, which some towns are gone. This completely is, gone. This is dumb. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say this is a stupid move. I, I think it's dumb too. Yeah, because basically she's like mercenaries have never turned code on right. Yeah. Come on, girl. But she did get some good intel that there were bigger gangs coming out the of Chicago. King of Chicago. She's yeah. And that they smaller some of the smaller gangs from these towns they were like joining those gangs and that it was it was a real threat in the future yes that was good but then she exposed herself so they do this whole like well she punched a dude in the face too (sighs) yeah i appreciate that 
Mm. I get it. Like every once in a while, I've just, okay, this sounds horrible, but one of my quote unquote fantasies, not, not sexy fantasies, but I just want to one day punch somebody with all my strength just to see if I can punch. Okay. One, don't punch anybody. You have a strong chance of either getting hurt or hurting somebody in a way that puts you in jail. And that's not that fun. Two, you can also really like dick up your hand. No, no, Sam. Okay, let me roll this back. So my fantasy isn't to walk up to a stranger and punch them. My fantasy is to go to a jujitsu studio Mm. and work with the sensei or the master or whatever the top term is. Yeah. And have him be in pads and me just punch to see if I actually have any strength. When I was in high school, this girl, I had been lifting a lot at the Mm -hmm. time. And this girl was like, I want to see how strong you are. You should punch me in the arm. And I did punch her in the arm. And I left a gnarly bruise. Oh. I felt really bad later. Yeah. Like I could have really hurt her. Yeah. But she was like, oh my God, isn't that funny? And I was like, no, <laughs> why did I do this? <laughs> also, I grew up in a more like a family that like with the siblings. Would, oh yeah, like, it was different. Yeah. Would fight. yeah. Lisa is having a horrible time. She can't find any of the, the hired hands. So they decide to like break back in. They have like a whole plan. Well, she gets intel, right? She sends yeah. Jill back in. Yes. And Jill maybe like outs it that she's still alive. Yes. And she gets intel that the kids are stoked and she goes in there like partying. Yeah. Because they're very happy. And, and so, now the kids come to the farm or is that after the they're, coup? Uh, they're, I think it might be after. They yeah. like are outside oh, okay. partying or outside of the thing saying like Lisa's still alive, Lisa's still alive. So she says they decide that now's the time and she's going to break back into the school yeah. and go fight. Tom Logan. Which is funny because she goes up to like their old room that they used to meet in for all their strategy yeah. meetings and he's there and he's like totally pretending to be like she, remorseful. Again, smartest person in the room. There's two of them and yeah. it's not her. Yeah. Not at this moment. No. Because she, she totally no weapon, gets tricked. Nothing. Well, she has, oh, no, a, she has gun. a weapon but then she and gives she it up. she gives it up. Yeah. That's oh, right. Oh my God. She that gives up dumb. the gun. She, she gets fooled and then he's like, trick you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, okay. And then she ends up... He, Leaving, right? And then all no. the kids leave, right? What's no. happened? Um, I can't remember. Oh my God, this is so stupid. I was so mad that this is the way this ended. This, I think that, I think our good friend O.T. Nelson got sick of writing the book. Uh, he just was like, oh, we got to end this. I got to paint houses again. Um, he, she, she says, Tom, I know what you're scared of. Oh yeah. She, she just psychological She's, warfare. She, she psycho kills him. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho killer. Cause yeah. say, what the heck? And so she, yeah, she's like, I know what you're scared. And he's like, you're right. I am scared. And then he just runs away. Yeah. This is some Chinua Achebe lame ass yeah. ending goes in the evil forest not not satisfying at all. No, yeah, it's very like so she so she's a psychopath. Okay. Relatable. Um, okay. <laughs> so right. so basically kicks, he goes, she gets reclaims her city. Yeah. And there's there's indications that like Craig's gonna go to the farm, Jill eventually is gonna leave and go to work and take over a hospital, maybe, or do something yeah. different. And that they're gonna have to eventually fight the king of Chicago. Yeah, she knows Whatever that's gonna that come. Is. Just a man with like 15 pierogies. Yes. <laughs> Which is what I imagine is in Chicago. What's in Chicago? In this book, there's warlords in Chicago. So. I hope there's a warlord that knows how to keep the recipes of pierogies. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> there is a pierogi buffet. You know that, right? No. There's a pierogi buffet in, in Chicago. <laughs> and this is, this is my dream. I want to go to Chicago and I want to go to the pierogi buffet. Oh, okay. 
let's do it. I have somewhere we can stay for free so then we can get more buffet. So anyway, the, it basically ends, it kind of just putters yeah. off. Like it's, Again, O.T. OT Nelson got tired of writing this book. He's like, shit, I got houses to paint. I, I got jobs again. It's summer. It's I gotta li- go. Literally, it's like chapter 17 is like four pages and it's like, it's the it's the whole end of the story. Yeah. It's wild because she, you know, gets can, Tom to go away by just like psycho not even she's like you're scared and he's like oh my god you're right ah therapy doesn't exist because everyone's 12 (laughs) yeah and then i think it's jill is like hey like people are excited they want to see you and she's like no i gotta get back to planning and blah 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 i'm tired and she's like no we gotta give a speech and she's like no which is weird because i mean the places that she you'd think that she would want the accolades and the like the applause no she doesn't take them she's not about that she's about ownership but she's not about the thing yeah she's not about the like the fame of it all yeah so i i I think that that's true i think i don't think that's what motivates her i think it's the like the game of planning motivates her but that being said i think she's a shit leader i mean i think she's not gonna last i i yeah i think she's better at logistics and strategy somebody you know somebody put her in in like amazon yeah (laughs) (laughs) but I, i do i think that she's one of those and i understand that because like um Again, I, uh, okay, let me take this back. So the book basically ends. She's just mm-hmm. kind of looking off into the distance and she's just like, I don't know how I'm going to like come against the king of Chicago. I don't know what this tomorrow's going to bring, but I know um, I'm going to figure out a way to show them. I'm going to figure something out. And it says that the last line is, and the girl who owned a city walked through the door to the waiting crowd of children wanting to lift her up and hoist her into whatever. So my feeling is, is yeah, I don't think she was a great leader in the sense of leading, (laughs) but she was so good at like, she was resourceful. And I honestly think she probably would have been a better leader if it was a small group where it was just like more people, like if it was like 20 people and it was other people that she felt that she respected. Yeah. And that like a Craig that can come toe to toe with her and like talk her off right you know? well she was really good with it when she she was actually that was one place she did a good job she like was good to surround herself with a small committee who could yes. advise her yes and she would to a point take their yeah. recommendations but i agree she wasn't the best leader but this was one of this i even i, I don't ahead. think the ending thing is going to do anything to curb her potentially more like despotic tendencies despotic that was a great word she's going to be a despot a despot, a dick, a dictator. She, yeah, yeah. I get it though. A depot. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I know you're not supposed to want to be a dictator, but I sometimes like it when I get yeah. to be. I know it's not good, Sam. No, 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 no. I so I liked, I, I liked this book, and then there was a point where I was like, is this right wing propaganda? Oh. Because it was all about ownership and freedom, and own, you're free and you own things, and that makes you free. And I, yeah, I re- literally wrote. You can see here on this page, LOL, right wing propaganda. I at some comment about Kool Aid and freedom, but I, I liked her resourcefulness. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. I thought she was very clever. But I do think that there were times where I think, again, she thinks she's the smartest person in the room at all times. I I did like too, like it was a different, maybe not a different take, but it was an interesting take on a female character Yes, where she literally, she, she was faulted and she, she, but she wasn't, she didn't fall into a lot of the tropes that normally fall into with with these types of 
characters. I do pick up a little bit of, though, like, not like other girl energy because she, all the other women in the book are like, I want to be on the farm and raise a family or I want to have child baby families like Jill. A lot of the other women are fairly weak and there aren't a lot of other strong female characters despite actually her being written as a very strong female character, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I could, I actually thought that was fairly well done that mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't some of the even the tropes that sometimes strong female you know quote strong female yeah. character trademark you know uh that sort of like fall into mm-hmm. you know i think that she she was written really well not many of the other female characters were written very well yeah. jill was interesting jill was jill was jill was getting there she yeah. was maybe the best of them but like yeah a lot of them still were like i'm going to you know again you could take over the house and I'll run the farm. Mm. I think too, like they're just, there wasn't a lot of development for a lot of the characters. We only, they yeah. only developed a few characters fully. I don't think Lisa developed very much. She was kind yeah. of the same the whole time. Her plans got bigger. Yeah. But the same ideas were the same yeah. things. I still freaking love this book. I'm not saying don't love this book. I love all sorts of books that are maybe a little problematic. me is into it. I think yeah. as an adult, like I see the flaws and stuff, but, when I reread this, it really did come. It took me back to being yeah. that girl that felt very um, disenfranchised, yes. did not feel powerful. And it was a very like reclaiming my power type of story. And I, I appreciate that because I think yeah. that, well, when I was growing up, I didn't necessarily have a lot of role models like this yeah. that were not afraid to be ballsy and like be like, no, this is how I want to do it. This is my city. And yeah. Yeah. I think... 12 year old me would have loved this book yeah or a 10 year old me would have thought this was this shit i think i agree i agree i think this is partially because i'm reading it for the first time as an old as an old sad through the last five years of life i was like the (laughs) pandemic was nothing like this this is ridiculous I enjoyed it. So I just want to be Craig and have my farm. (laughs) I mean, relatable. So here's the question. In an apocalyptic scenario, who are you? What Mm. character would you be? Or what, what, where would you land as far as like, how do you survive? That's a good question. Um, Neurotic hermit, certainly. Honestly, (laughs) like, like bar the windows, pull up. We, so we always had this plan in LA because <laughs> I used to live in Los Angeles. Like if there was a, we had the first year we were there, um, we had a windstorm and it basically shut down the city for a week and like people didn't have power for an entire week. Uh, we were, we were fine though. I did watch a woman try to high, basically high center her car <laughs> trying to drive over a tree, which I was like, what are you doing? This is so stupid. Um, and so after that, we sort of developed a plan. I'm <laughs> like, oh, if the big one hits, what yeah. are we going to do? Yeah. And, um, we were always of the opinion of like, we are not the strongest. We are not the fittest. So we need to hole up. Yeah. And just like. You know, the grocery store was right across the street, but we weren't going to run that grocery store. Gangs were going to run that grocery store. Roving gangs, you know. And so we were like, well, we just need to have enough to survive and hold it out and wait. So uh, definitely Neurotic Hermit is Mm. my like pandemic persona. Okay. Which actually did kind of check out during the (laughs) pandemic. I was like, maybe we should get a farm. (laughs) (laughs) Should we get a couple of goats? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, How about you? I think I would be Elisa. I think I would mm-hmm. end up probably being 
I'd probably get murdered at some point for because I was a dictator or or I'd be somebody's right-hand person logistics-wise and I would just be that person that goes to the next dictator yeah. and like figure stuff out for them. Um cuz I'm I feel like I'm good at putting yes. logistics together and I'm not good at other things. Like I I wouldn't be great at like I've tried to grow my own vegetables, failed. I you... killed every plant. I've tried to like, you know, can not can I tried to bake stuff and failed like I don't know I just feel like I'm not the person to be like oh I know how to like jer- like I can make a booby trap I don't know how to do any of that I don't know how to fire a weapon I don't know how to do anything so you are incredibly good at getting things done I I, I think maybe I take back my answer I would probably be well I, I might, just I might be a little more Jill too. I could see you be you're very helpful I think you would be hermit helpful yeah, I'd be like, yeah, come over here. I'll leave it on my porch. Yeah, like I think that you <laughs> would be helpful to people and you would take, you, you have a natural tendency to take care of people. So, I mean, we delivered cocktails, yeah. which I'm sure really helped yeah. people. <laughs> which literally during the pandemic, I did yeah. nothing for anyone else. I only took care That's of myself. True. Yes, it is. Think is back it? to it. Think back to it, Sam. I never reached out. I mean, I reached out That's a little not bit. That's true. I delivered cocktails to your house for my birthday, but yeah. I didn't do anything for you. That's okay. Doesn't matter. But you were my I'm friend and you, you what, I'm t- and but, when I needed to get stuff done at work, you helped me. Yeah. But that's like during the pandemic, like during you, the pandemic, you forced me to go outside and walk. Cause I wouldn't leave my house for days. Cause I was like, that's I don't true. feel like doing it. Like, again, I just was like, okay. So maybe yeah. it would be hermit Jill. Yeah. I would not want to, you know, like, okay. If there wasn't the threat of disease, yeah. which was, there was during the pandemic, the yeah. best thing was to, for just at the home, time yeah. to stay home. Um, but if, if there wasn't, which is what the situation there, I'd probably be more Jill. Yeah. I would sure. just amass a small family of for like sure. people that were sort of uh, by themselves or something. Yeah. And I would use my skills for manipulation and psychopathic tendencies. No, yeah, you can to come like, live in our house and manipulate people. Yeah. That's great. I, would, I would just be like, hey, I need eggs. And Sam like, would be like, oh my in. gosh. I'd be like, duh. You did one nice thing for exist. me like five years ago. Here's some eggs. And I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I, okay. would, I would bring you eggs. I know. You're very sweet. Okay. So what would you rate this book? I'm in a, I have to rate it as 12 year old me, I think. Yeah. Cause it's just like, so 12 uh, year old me would rate this 50 cans of beans. <laughs> oh my God. No, <laughs> no. You didn't even have cans of beans until we had that one snowstorm. <laughs> Which talking about, <laughs> you know, and then I, and then I helped you by making Google get more beans. Yeah. Um, 50 cans of beans, like, and a sack of flour. Cause it was, it was fun. Oh, my God. It, it was, it was hard. Yeah. It, it fed my soul. I'll go with, oh, I'm going <laughs> to, I liked it, but the, I did have some fundamental problems. Yes, you did. So I'm going to say six out of 10 Randfills, but this Randfill is Ein Randfill. <laughs> It is. It is six out of ten. Atlas shrugged. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Very libertarian fantasy here going okay. on, but uh, I I liked it actually. Yeah. I, did, I liked it, but there were parts where I had to be like, "What the hell is this girl doing? She's an idiot." Yeah. But she's also she's 10. also ten. I mean, I had to keep going back to like she's ten. She's ten. Yeah, and yeah, she's trying yeah, to take care of her brother yeah, and the yeah, world. Yeah. She's she's building a new world. She gets she gets minus four. Uh, Ayn Randville's for, for despotic tendencies. I just think that she, I don't know. I still think she, I just love this character. And I, no, wish, no, she, no. I wish she would write Good. more books. I honestly wish somebody would adapt this to a movie. 
or something. Yeah. But like make it a little bit better, Avi, like a better ending. But like, yeah, I think having like a and, and develop Lisa a little bit more to have some give. Yeah. But I would love to see this for young people to see. It? Who would play her? I don't know. Like I'm obsessed Abigail right now Breslin. with who? She's, She's the girl literally from an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's been a while since I've watched a movie with a kid in it. <laughs> I love the girl. She, this, the character reminds me a lot of the girl, the spunk of the girl from the new, the last of us series that just came out. Oh, she's so good. She, she was, was in, in Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones yeah. and I loved her. Oh, but that, yeah. that, that's the energy I think Lisa would yeah. have. I don't know enough young actresses to say like this person or this person. I do not remember that girl's name, but she played Leanna Mormont. She was very good. She's so good. Yeah. Speaking of so good, next month's book. Mm-hmm. It's one of Sam's. Yeah. And this one's for Courtney for Cookie Dough. Okay, so what is it? It is Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. <laughs> I've never even heard of this book. I read this in <laughs> high school, but it's definitely like a teenage girl book. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. excited. It's for it's our like, Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, for British children or something. Oh. It's good. You know how I feel about British children, Sam. This one's got a tan. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> Okay. So if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to support the show, you can share episodes with your friends and family. Follow us on Instagram at Boozy Book Report or leave us a positive review and rating, all which help us to grow. Our theme music was created by the Finley Ghost. Check out their latest album now. Thank you and happy reading. <laughs>